Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I am your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 2, episode 184 of this podcast. Thank you for joining us as we continue with our study of the Come Follow Me materials for this week. We are on June 29th to July the 5th, Alma chapter 23 to 29, They Did Never Fall Away. And we're going to conclude looking at the chapter that is titled, My Conversion to Jesus Christ and His Gospel Changes My Life. We have learned a lot. We've we've kind of had three episodes covering the complete conversion and the complete change within the anti-Nephi-Lehi's. Uh, and so we're going to conclude with some some sections from 25 and 27 today. First of all, it's interesting and important to note that at the start of chapter 25, we see what happens to the seed of Amulon. Basically, uh, with the contentions and the um, battles and the slaughters that go on, because of the anger of the Lamanites, uh, with what happens with the conversion of their brethren, they go and they destroy Ammonihah, which of course in, interlinks with the story of uh, Alma and Amulek. Um, but many of the seed of Amulon within these Lamanites were killed during this battle and other battles. And then, of course, they they became angry with the Lamanites as well and began to um, slay some of them. And they, in turn, began to become angry with, with them. And so many more were converted as well. Uh, they, they slayed a number of them. Uh, and a number of them, f- again, threw down their weapons of war and began to bury them. According, according like their brethren had, we read in Alma 25, 14. Uh, so we see, first of all, that the promises that prophets make are fulfilled. Abinadi is mentioned here and how the seed of Amulon were prophesied to have um, been um you know given this this bad ending as as it were and they they were hunt- and i think mormon said that they were still hunted to this day so you know we we see that you know it's still an issue uh, for them but more may, more, more lamanites make the covenants as I, as I mentioned in verse 14 and in verse 15 uh, it says this yea and they did keep the law of moses for it was expedient that they should keep the law of moses as yet for it was not all fulfilled but notwithstanding the law of Moses, they did look forward to the coming of Christ, considering that the law of Moses was a, was a type of his coming. So these people, uh, one of the um, characteristics of their complete conversion was a focus on the Saviour, Jesus Christ. Um, they looked to him after they were converted uh, as the, the founder of their faith and the author of their salvation. Um Kent P. Jackson and Darrell L. Matthew said this, quote, The anti-Lephi-Lehi's obeyed the law of Moses, believing that it was a type of Christ's coming, obeying the law of strength in their faith in Christ. This is one of the finest statements in the scriptures about the role of the law of Moses as a type, a symbol, or pattern uh, of the mission of Christ. The faithful Book of Mormon people observed the law of Moses while looking forward to the coming of Christ, and while living gospel principles and ordinances. They knew the salvation did not come by the law of Moses, but through Christ. Yet the law strengthened their faith in Christ and taught them of him through the spirit of prophecy. Close quote. Uh, in verse 16, it continues on and explains that they understood that they knew that salvation didn't come by the law of Moses and they retained a hope and faith in Christ. Bruce R. McConkie further explained, quote, Nephites, though separated from their forebearers and kindred by o- oceans of water, yet kept the law of Moses, but they did so with, an, with a proper understanding knowing that salvation was in Christ who should come, and that the law of Moses was a type of his coming. To them the law was not an end in itself, but a means to an end. The blindness of their Jewish relatives in the old world came by looking beyond the mark 
meaning they did not have a proper perspective of the law and know how it was designed to lead them to Christ and his gospel, close quote. And of course, we see the Saviour say that to them plenty of times. Uh, we're going to skip to chapter 27 uh, because chapter 26 is Ammon's kind of um, prayer or rejoicing. And I want I want, I want to focus on that in a, in a different episode. Um, but in chapter 27, uh, we are looking at what happens next. So the Antony Lehi's still recognise that they are in danger. And Ammon in particular is uh, desirous that his newly found, newly converted brethren, who who see Ammon and his brethren as angels, are kept protected from destruction because they know the Lamanites are going to return. They know that there are other Lamanites that are not completely converted. And this is just going to be a point of contention for many, many years and generations if they don't remove them from this situation. And how many of us have had people like Ammon, who are angels to us, who have tried to help us remove from situations or help us get out of things that we have gotten ourselves or we've just naturally fallen and gotten stuck into? And how many times have we acted as angels to others and given that service and blessing to other people? Douglas D. Holmes uh, said this, quote, I recently heard Jacob, an ironic priesthood holder in Papua New Guinea, testify of the power of the Book of Mormon and how it has helped him resist evil and follow the Spirit. His words increased my faith and the faith of, other, of others. My faith has also grown as I have heard ironic priesthood holders teach and testify in their quorum meetings. Your men, you are authorised messengers. Through your words and actions, you can bring faith in Christ to the hearts of God's children. As President Russell M. Nelson has taught, to them you will be as a ministering angel. Close quote. We can be those ministering angels to others, and we can look out for those ministering angels who have worked with us. Uh, and, you know, there is great joy that comes with serving and being served. Uh, so basically, Ammon um, persuades the the king who we presume is still anti-Nephi-Lehi. And whilst I do mention that, um, let's take a moment and think about this. We know that there were thousands of these um, anti-Nephi-Lehi slain. Was one of them King Lamoni? Did he survive? We don't hear of King Lamoni again, I believe, in the record. Um, this, of course, doesn't mean that he has been slain, but he may well have been. And so obviously there is uh, something to, be, to ponder on and um, think about there. But uh, Ammon prays to the Lord and he tells Ammon to get the, the anti-Nephi-Lehi's out of the land toward the land of the Nephites. Um, in verse 15 of our 27, Ammon is um, kind of trying, to, trying to calm the king's fears about something. He's, he fears that, that the Nephites won't accept them. After all, they are Lamanites by birth. In verse 15, it says, And it came to pass that Ammon said unto them, Behold, I and my brethren will go forth into the land of Zarahemla, and ye shall remain here until we return. And we will try the hearts of our brethren, whether they will, that ye shall come out into their land. Spencer J. Condy made an interesting point. He said, quote, The conversion of the warmongering Lamanites who became the anti-Nephi-Lehi's was remarkable. But just as remarkable was the instant forgiveness of the Nephites, who apparently had friends and relatives who had been killed by the anti-Nephi-Lehi's prior to their conversion. Conversion involves a mighty change of heart, a process experienced by both anti-Nephi-Lehi's and Nephites alike. Close quote. We look at this uh, story of the anti-Nephi-Lehi's and we focus on their great conversion and the great change that they had. And of course, that we should do. There is great lessons to learn there, as we've seen over the past three episodes of this study podcast. But of course, the Nephites had a role to play here as well. 
they had to change. They had to accept these people, who many of whom will have killed their brethren over the past generation or so of wars. Um, and they, they, they forgave them instantly. Not only did they forgive them, but they gave them a land called Jershon. And um, I'm not going to go too into detail with this because of the time we've got left. But um, the land of Jershon, if you read the Know Why 134 from Book of Mormon Central, which I'll post onto the pod a podcast study group on Facebook, uh, it talks about how Jershon in Hebrew um, basically means inheritance or place of inheritance, uh, which is fantastic. You know, it's, it's literally called an inheritance, a land of inheritance for the Antinephi-Lehi's in the text. And the name Jershon is Hebrew for place of inheritance. Um Joseph Smith didn't know Hebrew, he didn't know Egyptian, and yet there's all these links with these names. You know, there's just no coincidence at all. Uh, but in verse, I want to finish on verses 27 and 28 uh, of Alma 27, just to finish off um, how these anti-Nephi-Lehi's were truly converted. In verse 27 it says, And they were among the people of Nephi, and also numbered among the people who were of the church of God. And they were also distinguished for their zeal towards God and also towards men, for they were perfectly honest and upright in all things. And they were firm in the faith of Christ, even unto the end. What I want to point out here and what I love is after all of this, these people, it says in the Book of Mormon, were distinguished. And it mentions the people of God, the people of the Church of God before and the people of Nephi. So this to me indicates that they were distinguished. They were they were identifiable as separate from the people of Nephi and the people of the church of God for this one thing. And that was for their zeal towards God and towards men. Now, how converted and how virtuous and righteous had they had they had to have been to be distinguished from people who were already of the church to people who had followed Christ for their life, for their zeal towards God and their faith in Christ. You know, it's just, it blows my mind to think just how converted and how upright these people were. I want to finish with a quote by Neil A. Maxwell, who said, quote, Total morality must concern itself both with man's relationships with God and his fellow men. The gentleness and integrity that are born of the perspective of the gospel are truly impressive when one sees them in others. In this fragment of history, we see an impressive statement about an entire group who bore up under persecution in a time of tribulation without losing their love of God and man. Close quote. The anti-Nephi-Lehi's are truly a great example for us to learn from. And the great thing is we've still got three days worth of content left in this section. We And we jumped about quite a bit there. So we're going to focus on the mercy of God tomorrow. And then we're going to look at uh, Ammon's uh, joy and Alma's joy in their chapters 26 and 29 and the final two days. Thank you for joining us today. If there's anything you've been studying, please do so. Um, please share it on the Facebook group that I mentioned before, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And you can also email ldsstudysession at gmail.com if you'd like to join with a future podcast episode. Thank you for listening and until we meet again. <laughs>